0: A lot of very expensive cars and you'll see very expensive restaurants and so the attraction for cyprus was money
1: for decades a flood of foreign money has poured into the island of cyprus bringing extreme wealth to a few but leaving the eu member state with a reputation as being a shady financial hub But now, an eight-month investigation carried out by dozens of journalists from across the globe has revealed the sheer scale of dirty money that has been moved through Cyprus for oligarchs, tyrants, criminals and Russian President Vladimir Putin in recent years.
0: If you've got a lot of money in Russia, one of the first things that will cross your mind is to get it out of Russia and get it into a more stable uh, political and banking environment.
1: Colm Kina, an Irish Times journalist, is also a member of the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, which has produced Cyprus Confidential, a report examining the deluge of Russian money that flowed through banks and financial institutions on the sunny Mediterranean island of Cyprus.
0: These oligarchs are allowed to have all this money but only because Vladimir Putin lets them and their power and their connections and so on has to be put to, uh, to the uses of the regime if he ever wants it.
1: One name that comes up again and again in this investigation is that of former owner of Chelsea Football Club, Roman Abramovich. He, along with many other oligarchs, was sanctioned in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Roman Abramovich has now been added to the UK sanctions list. Uh, the Russian oligarch and tycoon can now have his assets frozen. This is In the News from The Irish Times. I'm Sarah Pollock. Today, Abramovich, Chelsea and Cyprus. How a small European country powered the Kremlin's financial machine. Colm Kina is an Irish Times journalist and a member of the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. Column, this investigation, the Cyprus model, it ran over the course of eight months and exposed the economic system employed by Cyprus to move huge amounts of money for oligarchs, criminals, etc. Can you tease out this economic system, this Cyprus model, that was an operation on the island and how long has it been around, do we know?
0: It has grown over the years with the growth of the oligarchs, the Russian oligarchs and that whole post-Soviet system, whereby some individuals uh, emerge from the chaos of post-Soviet Russia with all this money. One of the interesting things about Russia is that it changed very quickly. It's very chaotic. And if you've got a lot of money in Russia... One of the first things that will cross your mind is to get it out of Russia and get it into the more stable uh, political and banking environment. And um, so a lot of this Russian money money uh, was put into trusts and offshore companies that were either located in or uh, administered from Cyprus. And then that Cypriot company might in turn own companies in the British Virgin Islands or the Cayman Islands or what have you. Those companies would then perhaps have investments around the world, own property around the world, own luxury jets, own mm-hmm. own big these enormous uh, luxury yachts that you see on the TV, and you know these mansions in London and and so on, including funds in the IFSC. It was very central to that system. There's a wonderful book called Putin's People, and it's written by Catherine Belton. Who puts forward the thesis that these oligarchs are allowed to have all this money and they're allowed to have all this money in in the West only because Vladimir Putin lets them. And so this money and their power and their connections and so on has to be put to, uh, to the uses, of the regime, if he if he ever wants it, because otherwise he'll he'll destroy them. So then post the invasion of Ukraine, uh, the US and the UK and the EU imposed all these sanctions. It had a sort of a very significant effect on the Cypriot economy, a big contraction in the amount of Russian money there, freezing of billions of euros worth of assets and uh, an expressed determination by the Cypriot authorities that they would properly impose these sanctions.
1: So Colm, in Cyprus, w- what incentives were there for those heading up the Cypriot banks and financial inst- institutions to engage in the administration of, of this vast wealth?
0: Cyprus wasn't the most wealthiest of countries, so what you'd have here is financial services companies, uh, such as accountants and company administrators and so on, looking after trusts and uh, companies on behalf of Russian oligarchs, vast amounts of money and charging fees uh, for everything that happened and opening bank accounts and shifting money around, buying and selling shares, buying and selling assets, filing accounts doing all that sort of work and getting fees in return. Cyprus was also a popular destination for wealthy Russians to visit. So although it's still not a particularly wealthy country, I'm told uh, if you go there, you'll, you'll spot a lot of very expensive cars mm-hmm. and you'll see very expensive restaurants and enormously expensive meals on offer in, on in popular beaches and so on. So the attraction for Cyprus was money.
1: And so it does have an impact on Cyprus's economy. Oh,
0: very much so, yeah. It was a way of, you know, creating economic activity and profits and money and uh, income, not just with hindsight, but, to, you know, it has its dangers. And and the issue was it's part of the EU. And I mean, Vladimir Putin's regime is now associated with murdering people in the EU and, and so on. So it's, you know, it's a tricky uh, business plan for a country.
1: Within the investigation column, There's this eye-watering figure of $200 billion of Russian investment in Cyprus. And this is described as this massive financial hub for Putin's Russia. Do we know how many oligarchs and associated parties were involved in the amount of this investment? And are there any names that jump out for you?
0: The project, which was organised by the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, involved leaks from six financial services providers in Cyprus and um, the leaks came to a number of different media outlets uh, and they in turn shared the, the, the documents with the ICIJ who shared them with their media partners including the Irish Times so it's not a it's not an insight into all of the financial services firms in in Cyprus mm. but the ones that were the subject of leaks there were 96 sanctioned uh, oligarchs so after the invasion first of all after the uh, starting after violence in 2014 in Ukraine in the annexation of Crimea, uh, some Russian who were seen as close to the regime were um, sanctioned. And then more recently, last year, a lot more were sanctioned. And so 96 of these uh, people, their names have been found in these files. Uh, something in the region of 800 trusts and companies that would be associated with these oligarchs.
1: We'll talk about Abramovich in a minute, but are there any other names, Colin, that you can refer to that jumped out?
0: One one that jumped out to me, and it's only because of my work here in the Irish Times, is a man called Peter Avon, who I'm sure nobody's ever heard of. (laughs) (laughs) And he was one of the founders of the Alpha Group, and I was actually in the Alpha Group offices in Moscow years ago. And so when Sean Quinn business empire collapsed, um, there was a very uh, interesting effort by the, the state here to try seize those assets that he had in Ukraine and Russia and elsewhere. it found it impossible to kind of catch up with these assets. They kept the ownership, kept on shifting to different offshore companies and the the state found itself opening up court proceedings all over the world. But then what it did was it did a deal with the Alpha Group, who were one of the big tigers in the jungle of, of Russia, and uh, said... Um, Let's do a deal. You help us locate these assets and uh, we'll divvy up the, the proceeds. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's the Alpha Group. So I was kind of uh, interested to see mm. Peter Avon's name there. He's now a sanctioned Russian oligarch. Uh,
1: on the oligarchs, I mean, we, th- this is a word that emerges numerous times in this report. Uh, what kind of lifestyles do these people have, uh, Colin? What do we know about the kind of lives they lead when they have access to this amount of money?
0: One of the the companies I was looking at to do with Abramovich, he bought a Gulfstream jet from a company here in Dublin uh, back in 2015. The company that bought it was based in the British Virgin Islands and it all belonged to his his trust and so on. And uh, the same company bought a Boeing Dreamliner a few years later and um, it was bought, it was like you bought a house but it hadn't been kitted out or finished or whatever. And then they flew it over to Europe big huge Boeing Dreamliner um, and they kitted it out to Abramovich's uh, specifications you know and it was considered to be uh, maybe the most expensive plane in the world.
1: Colin, one of the very recognisable companies that emerged within this investigation was PwC PricewaterhouseCoopers. Can you tell us about what their involvement was with the Cyprus model?
0: The Cypriot branch of PricewaterhouseCoopers, it's kind of a, a partnership network around the world. And they're, they're kind of independent of each other. PricewaterhouseCoopers, or PwC in Cyprus, had a lot of Russian business. In the wake of the invasion of Ukraine last year, um, 29 of its clients in, and these would be very wealthy people, in Cyprus were hit with sanctions. In the wake of the sanctions, um, PwC said it had severed its relationship with 60 clients. Its annual report from Cyprus from 2023 shows that or states that there's been a significant contraction in the level of business there because of its implementing its the sanctions policies. And um, the head of the office in Cyprus uh, between 2012 and 21 was also the head of the Cyprus Russian Business Association. You know, it wasn't illegal. It it was you know good money spinner, but you know maybe you had to hold your nose a bit. And um, it's also evident from the records that have been leaked that there were companies that were set up by people who used to be Price Waterhouse that also had uh, Russian clients. And you'd find yourself wondering whether you know these people thought well we'll go out and set it up on our own and we can keep on working with Price House Water Coopers and maybe a bit be a bit more. You know, have a bit more scope to do stuff. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Coming up, more revelations from the Cyprus confidential investigation, including Roman Abramovich and the Irish connection. let's look now at one of the biggest names to emerge from this investigation. That's Roman Abramovich. Not only does he appear numerous times throughout Cyprus Confidential, he also has Irish financial links with hedge funds. Colin, what can you tell us about these Irish links?
0: He's an enormously wealthy man. Uh, You know, a multi-multi-billionaire goes around these huge jets and super yachts and so on. And you can see from the leaked documents that in February of uh, last year, just prior to the invasion of Ukraine, uh, he changed a lot of the beneficiaries of his trusts in about 14 Cypriot trusts he either added children to the as benefit his children and his partner I think as a beneficiary or took himself off as a beneficiary and, and put his children on. So that was all about a month before he was sanctioned himself was sanctioned. There are accounts in the in the documents. Uh, financial accounts for for these uh, companies that are ultimately owned by trust uh, associated with Abramovich and they hold investments in hedge funds around the world and so you can look through the accounts and they tell you where the funds are so there's two two companies called Bradford Overseas Holdings and Matterhorn Capital Ventures and they show that in 2018 they had investments in Irish hedge funds worth 359 million Mm. Uh, euros. These two companies had total investments that year of three billion dollars. That's the latest uh, year we we have accounts for them. So it's a lot, you know, a lot of money located here. Most of the hedge funds that are cited in the accounts are based in the Cayman Islands. So, and that's obviously before Abramovich was sanctioned.
1: I was going to ask that. I mean, how how much of this changed after Russia invaded Ukraine and how much were these links cut? uh,
0: A lot of assets in Cyprus and uh, there's links to jersey too they've all been seized quite possibly all, all all these investments whether they were still had any links to ireland in 2022 we don't know but if they did they were probably seized i mean there's no doubt that ireland especially with the ifsc and the, our funds industry is very intimately connected with this sort of these global structures these two companies and the abramovich stuff um it comes from one of the financial services companies that are a subject of these leaks, a Cypriot company called Merit Service, who was founded by a man called Dimitris Ionides. He's an next Lloyd uh, accountant and he himself has been sanctioned. He's been accused, as has Merit Service. The UK has accused uh, him of knowingly ass- assisting sanctioned Russian oligarchs with hiding their assets in complex financial networks. It's a good example. You can see Abramovich, he has trusts, you know, and... Then companies that are under the trusts and you see them moving from the British Virgin Islands to Jersey and different things like that. And then they internal companies and then they appoint people with powers of attorney to act on behalf of these companies. And it's quite an international network. And sometimes, you know, a couple of hundred million is uh, invested here in the IFSC. Merit Service itself, it seems, had a bank account here in Dublin. Um, there's one or two of the close associates of uh, of Abramovich that helped him run this operation. So there, there are all these connections. You can see that, you know, Ireland is, is very uh, much part of this. And these Bradfield and Matterhorn companies, uh, one of their directors is a man whose name I'll struggle to pronounce. Mm. But it's Gotcha that seems to be his first name. Jabbedee's. And he has an address in Austria. But he was also a, a, a director of MC Management UK which is an Austrian company which had a registered office in Stamford Bridge in in London where where Chelsea is. And so all these investment companies were linked up with, with the Chelsea operation as well.
1: Chelsea! Obviously Roman Abramovich is a massive name in the world of football but some other football connected names have also appeared in this investigation what can you tell me about them
0: He had to give up ownership of Chelsea after the invasion of um, of Ukraine and the sanctions being imposed after that happened the new owners said they became aware of potentially incomplete financial reporting concerning historical transactions during the Abramovich ownership period and they reported these matters so these, these um, matters were already brought to the attention of the uh, uh, footballing authorities to see if they breached the fair play rulings. But What's happened now is these leaks, uh, and they've been uh, investigated in great detail by one of the partner organisations involved in this project, the Guardian. They found a transaction involving a football agent, an Italian man called Federico Pastorello. And he has, in the past, been linked with Chelsea's former manager, Antonio Conte. What, what they found is an offshore company paying money to a Delaware company associated with Mr. Pastorello. The agreement shows a company called Conabair paying £10 million for a stake in this uh, Delaware company that's associated with Pastorello. Mr. Pastorello has declined to comment, but has said that Mr. Conte is not his client at the moment. That was a payment uh, from an Abramovich company of £10 million. Documents also uh, include uh, evidence of a payment from another British Virgin Islands company, £7 million in this instance, to a company in Dubai in 2013. And this company is associated with a footballing agent called John Biko Penack. One of his clients was the famous Chelsea uh, footballer and former captain Eden Hazard. The payment uh, may well be linked to the signing of Uh, Mr. Hazard Uh, Mr. Panaki has not commented uh, on the story and then there's another one uh, an interesting one that there are financial links like loans and so on between Mr. Abramovich and a football team in Russia called CSKA Moscow and at one stage CSKA Moscow and Chelsea were both in the Champions League and they would have played um, each other in the quarterfinals if um, the Moscow team hadn't been beaten by Real Madrid. So it's a financial link between Mr. Abramovich and two teams, uh, two separate teams that occasionally are competing with each other. So that's kind of an obvious conflict. Whether it's a breach of any particular rule uh, is not clear. The payments that may be associated with Chelsea, uh, they seem to be in contravention of the fair play rules. They most likely now will be investigated. They were not declared in the Chelsea accounts at the time, or a spokesman for Chelsea has told the Guardian that the allegations predate the club's current ownership and that they're based on documents which the club has not been shown and that they don't relate to any any individual presently with the club. However, they obviously create problems for the footballing authorities who will have to decide whether um, they are in breach of the rules and if they're in breach of the rules, The club should be penalized in some way, notwithstanding the fact that it's under new ownership.
1: Another name that emerges from this investigation is Hubert Seipel. He's a German journalist and he's considered Germany's, one of Germany's leading analysts on Russia. We've now discovered that he was paid hundreds of thousands of dollars through Cypriot accounts to produce fawning coverage about Vladimir Putin. What can you tell me about this? Seipel. Seipel, sorry, I've yeah. never pronounced his name. What can you tell me about Seipel?
0: He's in his early 70s, as I understand it. He's a very well-known uh, German journalist, very well-known for uh, the access he has to the Kremlin and to, to Putin. Uh, I think he's been filmed playing pool with Vladimir Putin. Uh, he wrote a best-selling book about uh, the Putin regime and made a award winning doc- documentary about Vladimir Putin. He's been considered... To be, you know, sympathetic to the regime, yeah. he's written for top media outlets in Germany. So, well-known man, controversial because of his, his sympathetic attitude towards the Russian regime. So, then another person you you need to know about is a, a man called Alexei Mordischov. Uh He's one of the possibly most successful uh, Russian oligarchs. Still. Uh, magnet who came out of the chaos of post-Soviet Russia and ended up with 20 or 30 billion dollars. It's hard to measure these things. So the leak shows that offshore companies associated with Mordishev paid about $700,000 to Seepal. And he is now, uh, he's denied in the past that he was on the Kremlin payroll. But he has now admitted that he did receive support from Mordishev for his work uh, on enriching the debate about Russia's role in the world. His publisher has said they weren't aware of this and they're, they're going to look into it.
1: What do these massive payoffs tell us about the strength and the sophistication of Russia's overseas propaganda machine?
0: I've referred earlier on to uh, the book uh, Putin's people, but it was a really interesting thesis in that book. And Abramovich brought the author to court because her thesis was that, you know, all this money that's out there is at the service of Vladimir Putin. And so all this money that's in the Western banking system and owns these assets and owns these companies, uh, including companies here in Ireland, and um, that all this money is at the service of Vladimir Putin's regime. And so here you have what looks like an example. This guy, steel magnate, giving money to a German journalist offshore who then writes flattering books about Putin. So this is the, you know, one view of how the system works and can be used to corrupt the West, corrupt the media, corrupt politicians in the West, full nonsense of nefarious activities and that's just part of the world we live in these days.
1: On the sanctions, the most recent leaked files from Cyprus Confidential are from April 2022, which is just two months after the war broke out in Ukraine. Do we know if Cyprus could still be aiding sanctioned Russian oligarchs?
0: We don't know, but there's been a bit of a focus on it post the invasion and there'll probably be more focus on it now. The governments of the West have really decided that this is a this is a kind of a big threat to Western freedoms and uh, the rule of law. So I think, is, you know, very powerful actors now are, are trying to suppress this stuff. But it's a lot of money and it's very hard to suppress. And money is, you know, flows around the world and there's always people anxious to provide uh, a network and a framework for it and receive fees in the return. One of the frustrations of working on these kind of stories, you think, is, you know, this happened six months ago. I wonder what's going on now, you know. But that's just the way it is.
1: Colin, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. That's all for today. For more reporting on Cyprus Confidential, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Sarah Pollock. This episode was produced by John Casey. In the news, we'll be back on Friday.